You've got to work. You've got to work. Welcome back to another episode of Pew Babies, your apostolic millennial podcast. I'm Ron. I'm Mike. And I'm Shay. And what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. My God, so close to Easter, my God. It is. I keep forgetting <laughs> that that's coming up. Resurrection. Well, they call it, don't call it Easter, call it resurrection. Resurrection. So um, today in church controversies for our <laughs> opening. Um, Black Twitter had a lot to say today and they posed the question, <clears throat> Lord, please don't get me for blasphemy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> please forgive oh, me. <laughs> oh, it's not that deep, but it's just uh, whatever. Okay. You see Jesus getting jumped in the street. What would you do? Start rebuking the devil, I guess. <laughs> Start rebuking the devil. I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in because I'm not. Well, no, that wouldn't make sense for me to jump in because he's a sp- I just, I just can't imagine my Lord and Savior. I can't imagine him getting in a fight, though. Yes, he was beat before, but he chose to die the first time. I'm not seeing him choosing the second time. So I just see them falling dead to the ground if they try to jump my Lord. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I, might, I probably would jump in just because of what he's done for me. You know, I'm probably going to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> see what apostolics had to say about this question i think honestly i'm gonna be looking at Jesus like you good he's good like i'm gonna be like all right all right but if he's throwing hands i'm throwing hands too because i'm going back by jesus christ representatives <laughs> all right the last one sorry should church musicians be paid yes i'm hesitantly saying yes hesitantly because i understand that a lot of the church musicians, they they do play professionally as well. But to be honest, sometimes I'd be a little salty because it's like, you know, choir members, we, we sing in the choir. We'd be at every rehearsal the musicians were at, every service the musicians was at. We wasn't getting paid, but I guess y'all, y'all can get your money. I'll let y'all have your money. My musician friends, so sorry, y'all. I love y'all. If you are playing for your church, you should not be paid for it. I could see if somebody asked you to like play for them at an event or you're at a different church plan. But if it's your church, your ministry, something that you're invested in, if we had to listen to you learn how to play three chords when you was growing up and off key, <laughs> then I want to get the best of you when you are good as well. Don't play horribly and we got to suffer through that when you're a child and then you grow up and be like, well, I need to be paid for my services. So mm-hmm. um, that's why I fall on that. Like if it's your ministry, I think you should do it for free. That's your service. That's your ministry. That's your due diligence to Christ. And then if someone I asked you outside of that capacity then yeah of course you should be compensated um I do feel like musicians should be paid only because most of the time you're asking them like as singers yeah we have to perfect that craft and practice outside most of the time in a lot of church spaces um musicians are also serving as minister of music also serving as you know having to learn the parts turn around help teach the parts 
turn around having to back the preacher up and then expect us to be on the road with the preacher you know expect it you know there's all of these expectations of the musicians that might not necessarily be required of um singers and stuff so i that's why i always say yes they they should be paid um when you're talking about because of the preparation that goes into the craft of having someone play in a service I do agree with you, Ron, though, in a sense where if we had to struggle through you playing those two or three chords growing up and now you, you know, gotten good, whatever, like maybe we give you a love offering, but like for us, you to ask for like a salary every Sunday, that might be a little bit much, but. Yeah, I agree with that. We're going to need to have an episode with some musicians on here because I have a lot of questions for them. <laughs> but anyway. You get paid, you need to show up on time and play it with the spirit of excellence. Ooh. So another topic. <laughs> Because I'll be seeing something and I'm like, I hope they not getting paid. Shay said, if you get paid, you got to stay the whole service and not go to the bathroom while the preacher's trying to preach. Right. Stay, stay in your seat for the two hours that we in church. Mm-hmm. All right. That's our opener for this week. Mike, do you have any church announcements? I do. First and foremost, first and foremost, if a man dies, shall he also live again? All of the days of my appointed time, will I wait till my change comes? Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord again. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we want to welcome you to the Pew Babies Podcast, your apostolic millennial podcast. We ask that you catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can listen to your podcast. And if this podcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you share it with a friend, coworker, loved one that would enjoy this podcast. So Let's get into the announcements this week. Um, we have a lot of things that have happened since we've last spoken. So you guys, please bear with us tonight as we get through these. Um, our first announcement, class action lawsuits claim more than 90 million missing from, uh, that's $90 million missing from AME pension funds. Retired African Methodist Episcopal Church pastors have filed at least three federal class action lawsuits alleging the church mishandled tens of millions of dollars in pension funds. An attorney with the AARP is helping to represent retirees after the denomination stopped making payments last month. Reportedly, nearly $100 million in retirement savings have been lost. AME officials allegedly gave sole authority over the pension fund to the former head of retirement services that led to investments in the purchase of Florida land, a loan to a solar panel installer, and an investment in a non-existent capital venture outlet ladies you have anything on this churches get pension funds that's the AMV for you i took they be on it i said pension okay they do because they um they like employ like their their pastors you have to actually have a degree to oh. pastor a ame church from um like a bachelor's degree to pastor a ame church so i think they can play actually employ people i've seen the the listings on indeed don't ask me why um but i've seen <laughs> <laughs> what you trying to do Mike? <laughs> they advertise that we need a pastor i mean hey you know a salary job i don't know i just feel like a lot of our church circles i feel like the pastor is very hands-on with the finances so it's interesting um that it sounds like they weren't very hands-on with their church's finances or am i misunderstanding the article sounds like the officials like that are in charge and in investing made really bad investments like why would you 
put an investment into a loan for a solar company. You know, that's not backed into nothing. And then they put it into what you said, like a, a shell Yeah, company. so it went into like a fraudulent, like capital company. And I don't even know like how they were able to get away with this for so long because don't churches operate as a 501? Not yeah. all of them, but they should. And yeah, right. that's, mm, I don't know. You would think an entity that large, it, you know what I mean? Like I could, probably could have saw this happening at, somewhere where it was like you know but ame is pretty prominent so it's just surprising to me that that kind of money went missing you know what i mean yeah and it's unfortunate that it's happening to like the saints i don't know how the saints feel about lawsuits obviously these people do not care (laughs) (laughs) but i mean you gotta get your money because you know like that's crazy that you put all this money into it and hoping that you're going to get something back when it's time to retire and the fact that they got somebody from the aarp representing them these people are ready to like cash out and it's gone there's nothing to fall back on so that's sad that is sad um i don't know it's 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 a little bit disturbing almost when you like think about it like it's i mean a hundred million dollars like come on now yeah Woo. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Well, I hope they get all their money back. I hope that these people get charged because basically you swindled a whole lot of elderly folks. And, you know, fraud is a big issue, especially for old people. I don't know. Like, I don't know if y'all parents have gotten to that age yet where they get those collect calls and stuff and they ask for their information and they start mm-hmm. talking to them. I'm like, mom, just hang up. Just hang up. Why are you talking to <laughs> people? But like, and it's just sad that you, the church is supposed to be a place where it's trustworthy and they they just made really bad choices, fraudulent choices at that. So, ah, my God. Speaking of fraudulent, Georgia pastor pleads guilty to wire fraud after buying Mercedes with fraudulent pandemic disaster loan. That was the PPP loan. A South Georgia pastor will forfeit the Mercedes Benz S Class sedan he bought with nearly $150,000 in fraudulent pandemic business disaster loans in accordance with a plea agreement after pleading guilty to two courts of wire fraud. Mac Devon Knight, 45 of Kingsland, Georgia, pleaded guilty to the charges on March 25th. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of Georgia said Knight admitted sending fictitious documents to the U.S. Small Business Administration, including fake tax documents and an altered bank record. Your sins will find you out. That's what the Bible says. I was going to say they coming for y'all. All those <laughs> fake PPP applications y'all put in in 2020, they are mm. coming for y'all and they are investigating. And you just better pray that you have a covering <laughs> that doesn't expose you. It is crazy to me. <laughs> How you get the the article here says he received one hundred and forty nine thousand from the SBA in response to one of the applications for alleged tax business and used most of the money on the Mercedes. So you received this money for so called tax business, but you used all of this money for a Mercedes. Like you didn't think anybody was gonna find out that's what you did with the money. And why is that all you could think to do with the money? <sighs> Put it in a appreciating every day you literally could have like invested the money and Mm -hmm. you know made the money grow nobody Mm -hmm. would have thought twice about it but you went out 
and you put a thousand dollars to it and you went and paid cash for Mercedes Benz, it's not even yours anymore. If he would have, sorry, I'm thinking if he would have invested that money and made a profit off of it, he would have just had to pay back the PPP loan and would have been able to keep the rest. Exactly. Right. That's wild. I'm sorry. Because by now, even if he had invested it right, he could have probably doubled or tripled his money with the, with the right investment vehicle. Right. People don't and think long term though. So they don't. They don't. But you want to push through in your Mercedes and that Mercedes is not yours. Oh boohoo. <laughs> <sighs> Our next announcement, we're winding on down Saints, because you know, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Evangelist Jacqueline Carr Ministry is now considered by some as entertainment only. Some on social media are accusing Evangelist Jacqueline Carr of selling out her anointed look and gospel message for entertainment purposes. Some are saying that this woman of God has really kept her her heart towards God. They have an exclamation point here, y'all. She's been faithful to her Christian walk, seeking God with her whole heart, mind, and soul, and that she's the prophetess assigned to the nation. My God. And that she's the prophetess assigned to the nation. I had to repeat that again. Wow. Last Friday night, March 11th, Atlanta Hawks hosted its Faith and Family Night during the team's game against the Los Angeles Clippers. As part of the entertainment, the dynamic and multiple award-winning Jacqueline Carr performed both halftime and post-game. Anyone visits this blog on a regular knows that I'm that the blog writer is a big supporter of Jacqueline's Carr's ministry. She began singing at uh, professionally at 15 years old. In less than a decade later, she is now the top selling independent recording artist on the gospel music with nine billboard number ones. And they have a video of her um, singing. She has on like a jogging uh, outfit on. And it's like, it's different for Jacqueline. Um, when you guys get a chance, check it out. It's definitely different. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Um, I mean, is she doing like dancing and choreography? Like what's making it entertainment? The fact that she's no longer wearing like a, you know, her serious warfare outfits. She like, looked like a church mother <laughs> when she was like 15. She did. I, Cause I literally thought homegirl was like 35 when she came out. Yeah. So now that she's like, you know, dressing more age appropriate, it sounds like I don't understand what's entertaining about it. They just want her to keep that same image, I guess. Let me tell y'all, y'all are mad at Shirley Caesar Jr. for evolving. That's what y'all are really mad about. Exactly. Um, while I do think she can evolve in her music because all of her songs sound alike. Anyway, um, I think, you know, we don't give people a chance to evolve, whatever. We get so used to, you know, seeing people through a single lens. You know, we, we love our favorite artists. Like, I remember I got mad at Hezekiah Walker when he started, like, changing his music style. But I had to realize, like, he had to change with what was going on, with what was on trend in the gospel music industry at the time. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people don't always stay the same because they stay the same, they become irrelevant. Then, you know, they become, you know, antiquated and things like that. And I don't, I just think that people were so used to her Cato look, her Cato's long skirts and, you know, her um, blouses and things like that, you know, looking like, you know, she's going to run revival you know, you're getting a different Jacqueline and you got to think like she's in the gospel music industry. Gospel music does not necessarily equate to save and sanctify. It's still an entertainment industry within itself. Um, and I think people got to understand and accept that. So. And I don't see how one performance from her in this outfit necessarily equates to her changing 
who she is or her ministry or anything like that. It was, it's the setting. Like you want her to go to, it's a basketball game, right? Like, you expect her to go to a basketball game <laughs> with the suit that she normally wears and stuff. Like it's, it doesn't make sense. Um, also, I didn't know she was independent. That's really awesome. Like good job, sis. You better own the rights to your music. I'm proud of her for that. But like for me, Jacqueline's been stepping up. Cause I'm gonna be honest, like, when she was a kid, it was too much. And her, her singing was too much. Her breathing the was too much. It was just too <laughs> like, she would just be like, <sighs> on the mic. It was just too much. But um, she has gotten better. When she sang with Maverick City, that moved me. I was like, yes, sis, take a, take them to church. Yeah. So I, like, I like how she's growing. I like the growth that I'm seeing. And I don't think this one performance needs to be the reason why we cancel Ja'Kalen. I mean, I'm looking at the picture of her outfit and honestly, I don't know what they're talking about. I mean, I guess it's not old school, you know, Holy Ghost attire because she wearing, <laughs> you know, she wearing pants and heels, but I'm not seeing anything that's like shocking compared to like what a lot of gospel artists wear these days. Like she's just trying to be in her 20s. And it just goes back to the sheer fact that whatever you do, you're never going to be able to satisfy everybody. So mm-hmm. do what's best for you. Amen. Do what's best for you and your brand. Um, we're getting down thanks to our last couple of announcements. Thank you for being so patient. Um, we want to send a huge congratulations out to Supreme Court Justice Katanji mm-hmm. Brown Woo! Jackson. Confirmed to Supreme court and you know i think the crazy part about this is i'm so excited for this queen um but what was said about it was only one gop senator stayed and applauded her mm-hmm. after she was confirmed even republicans walked out um, after she was confirmed as supreme court um justice and that makes me really sad but i'm really excited for her i'm really excited to see um a, a woman of color, you know, um, represented, you know, in that way. And I think it's much needed. And I just hate that in 2022, we're still having to go back and forth with why, why not somebody black, it, you know, deserves that position. What are y'all, what are y'all thoughts? I'm sorry. I got ahead of myself. No, you're fine. Um, congrats, Justice Brown. So happy to have you on the uh, court. I'm excited. I love that there's so many women on the court now. I'm glad that there's a black woman on the court. It's something we've wanted for a long time. You're fulfilling a dream that I had. So I'm just so happy to get behind this. And she's an amazing person. I watched some clips of the confirmation hearing and just how she dealt with a lot of the questions and just people being really rude to her. It was just nice to see. Um, it saddens me that they didn't stay and clap, especially for a historic moment, even if you didn't vote for her. I hate how the Supreme Court has become so political. That's a different discussion for another day. But there's also a part to me that's kind of like there's racism involved, because why couldn't you just stay and just celebrate that moment, even if for your political views, she's not beneficial to you? Um, It makes no sense for the uh, legislature to be so polarized in that way. But I mean, it is what it is. And this is where our country is now. So 
But congratulations, Justice Brown. Yeah, I think it's it's amazing. Um, no one can say that they gave this to her. She definitely earned it. She was extremely qualified, um, you know, definitely deserved. I, you know, Ron basically said everything. I'm very happy for the for her in this. And it is sad that, you know, it's 2022. We've had black presidents and all that, and they still act in, you know, petty. It's it's, you know, but we're not going to let the negativity outshine the positivity. So I'm very happy for her. And I see she got the same birthday as me, too. So fourteen, OK. Yes, we're so proud of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. Um, and um, this is one of the things that I'm glad, you know, our president, Joe Biden, um, did. So, um, or had a hand in rather, because this this queen was just oh, was qualified anyway. Um, but it's just good to see her um, in this position. Finally, we examine the word composure, the state or feeling of being calm and in control of oneself. Mm. I'm gonna pause right there for just a minute. <laughs> Moment of silence for that. <laughs> On March 27th, we witnessed the Oscars uh, awards held on national TV. And while it was being held, um, we saw an incident between Will Smith and Chris Rock. I'm going to just leave it there. I'm not even going to read anything on it. I just want to hear your raw opinions on what happened. We know what happened. We saw mm-hmm. what happened. We thought it was fake when it first happened. Um, But I just want to hear your raw thoughts. This is your opportunity to put it out there. Sister Ron. I was going to let Sister Shay go. Sister Shay, go ahead. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about Jada. That's all I got to say. Honestly, I I feel like this is an unpopular opinion from what I've seen and heard. Um, But I thought Will Smith was 100% wrong for what he did. Like 100% wrong. Number one, when I heard about the G.I. Jane joke, like I didn't know. First, I didn't know that, you know, Jada had alopecia. I'm sure many of us did not know that. If we're honest, like to be honest, people follow Will Smith. I don't really think people follow Jada like that. So when I heard the G.I. Jane joke, I was like, I don't get it. Like, why why was this such a big deal? Especially because I've seen the movie G.I. Jane. So I kind of understood like his reference, I didn't find it insulting, especially because Jada has typically, from what I remember, she's worn her hair very short, maybe not as short as it is now, but she's definitely kind of kept that short look. And I know her daughter has also worn her hair like really short as well. So for me personally, I thought it was just like a fashion statement. And then I just didn't, personally, I just don't think that the level of aggression was warranted for the joke, even if Let's say he did know, Chris Rock did know that she had alopecia. Just the place, the timing, millions of witnesses. I just, I'm never going to say that violence, um, especially in front of millions of people and you're a Black man, is warranted or wise. So I'm going to say that I think he's wrong in that. And, you know, I'm not going to get all spiritual spiritually deep about, you know, Christianity because they're not Christian. So, you know, I'm going to leave that out of it. But I would just warn those of you who may support it and women who are like, my man, he need to defend me. Just keep in mind, people get shot out here in the real world. Okay. 
I just saw an article where someone got shot in a parking lot at a bowling alley. So he was fighting over a bowling ball. So you go out here and want your man to be defending you like that, you know, is not, is it worth his life? I'll just say that. Is it ever worth your life? So thankfully, Will Smith, you know, he is Will Smith. So he's going to get a pass. He's not going, you know, he gets a pass because he's Will Smith. But your husband ain't Will Smith, sister. So please just, I just recommend y'all just to think. And I've talked long enough. So I will pass the mic on. Nah, you're good. I do have a few things to say about this. Um, it's funny because you said your your opinion is unpopular, but um, I completely agree with your opinion. Like I saw on my timeline, there was a lot of uh, it's it's just this situation has so many layers to it, which is really crazy. But um, on my timeline, people was like, "Yeah, like I want my man to go do that," or there were men who was like, you know you should protect women and you need to act in this way. And I feel like personally um, there was, there's a way to handle the situation and not making it the way it was. I, I definitely think that things got out of proportion. Like the slap wasn't that bad. Like, come on. Like it wasn't like he punched them. It was, it was like an open hand slap. It was just, it was like, it, it sounded kind of loud, but it wasn't that loud. It was just embarrassing. I think it was embarrassing and surprising. And so I think as far as the violence that people keep saying is happening, I don't see the violence there that it could have been, but um, I do see like, you know, what he said afterwards when he came to a seat, keep my wife's name out your mouth. He could have just said There's that. some other words other than that. I mean, oh yeah, God. okay. But, you know, we already <laughs> talked about that, Mike. We don't curse on this show. <laughs> I'm not going to be out here cussing. I'm putting in no substitutes. But, like, you know, he could have just said that from his seat. He could have gone up to him and, like, said something. He could have said something to him afterwards. And Chris Rock could have made an apology afterwards. You know, there could have been so many ways to handle this that didn't have to be so public, so stark, so surprising. And this is just my personal opinion. I wouldn't want somebody who their first notion would be to go up and just hit somebody, regardless of how they hit them in the intensity. Like there's ways to handle it. Like I I was taught growing up that you don't never like, emasculate a man or embarrass not even just a man emasculate any person I shouldn't say emasculate embarrass somebody publicly there's a way to handle things the same way I don't want my pastor to get on the mic and say something wild to me in church in front of everybody else sorry for being spiritual about this but (laughs) you know there's just a way to handle things and it could have been handled at a different point also today they just released that he got banned for 10 years from going to the Oscars now, this is a whole different thing because that is wild to me. Like the, the response of how it happened is what really is annoying to me. The fact that I hate to say it, but white people just blew stuff out of proportion. The Academy, they're coming back and saying like, oh, like we asked them to leave. We could have acted better. If y'all could have acted better, then y'all could have got ahead of the situation. But instead, now y'all trying to do damage control because everybody had their mouth on the situation because we don't got nothing else to talk about but the Ukraine and gas prices and anything else. And so this was our distraction. Let me just add that there. But (laughs) it annoys me that like y'all going to be here for 10 years after he already resigned from the academy. And like, Y'all could have told him to leave right afterwards. Y'all could have like really publicly embarrassed him then. 
But instead, y'all let him stay. Y'all let him get his reward. And then y'all acted like y'all did this investigation. There was nothing to investigate. We saw it all. We saw what happened. So I don't know. It was just annoying. And then last thing, sorry. I hate so much that Tyler Perry was over there encouraging him during the commercial break. I was like, what are you what are you talking about over there? Like, sit down. Sorry. I'll, that's my last word. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, 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 I see Tyler Perry, really. Somebody needs to be encouraging him with his writing. But anyway, we won't talk about that tonight. <laughs> um, I, you know, here's the thing. I, I was a little bit torn. Um, I do think it was a lapse in judgment. Um, I do think it was a lapse in judgment. Um, and I think, you know, it was one of those things where he wasn't thinking in the moment. And that was a better way to handle this. You know, I probably like Shay probably would not have even paid attention to the joke that um, Chris Rock or that Chris Rock said. If I didn't know that first off, Jada had alopecia, but then two, like, uh, Chris Rock made a joke at the 2016 Oscars um, and said that, um, you know, I think Jada was saying we needed to abandon like a lot of these shows that don't give black people credit and don't award black people. And he was just like, yeah, he was just like, like Jada, like, like you would have been invited anyway. And mm-hmm. so, you know, all that. Yeah. yeah so it's kind of like one of those things where I get you're a comedian and stuff, but you know, you also don't need to make somebody the, you know, the butt of your jokes, you know, at somebody else's expense, you know? And I think that I don't, I think, you know, we'll getting up slapping him. I think that was a bit, that was a bit far. I think it was a bit far, but was it, you know, all this violence, like people and people being scared and stuff. No, I, I don't, I don't think it was that. Um, I just think, like I said, he had a lapse in judgment. And unfortunately there are consequences that come with these lapses in judgment, because people don't see it that way. Um, but I, there was so much noise around the Will and Jada. People are still talking about it now. Um, about, oh, well, you know, I, you know, I want my man to defend me like that. I heard women saying that. Or, uh, yeah, I'm going to defend my girl like that. Or, you know, then on the other side, you had what he was doing. He, he misrepresenting us as black men and things of that nature. Stay out of rich folks' business. Mm-hmm. Stay out of rich people's business. Because most of you all... Most of you men up there, I heard on Facebook talking, whatever. You can't keep a woman for two or three months. Most of the mm. women I heard up there talking, nice. you know, like you 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 can't keep them from bed from bedpost to bedpost. So you know, what are you even talking about? Stay out of rich people's business because apparently, you know, look, you know, because that's out of our pay grade. Um, but I, I feel bad that Will is going to be suspended from the Academy for 10 years. Um, but again, it's one of those things where it was a consequence consequence behind his actions. You know, I do feel a little bit bad about Chris Rock because I'm sure that was embarrassing for him to experience that on, on television. But I also say you have to watch what you say. Watch what you say about people and stuff because, you know, I hate for people to say, oh, folks got to stop being so sensitive. Excuse me? People have the right to be sensitive about what to matters that matter. Just, just like if somebody makes a weight joke, like I might feel some type of way about that, you know, because I, you know, I, I might see myself as overweight or if somebody makes it, you know, so we have all of these different things. Oh, folks are sensitive now. She's very sensitive about her alopecia. And so 
you know, it's, it's one of those things where we can't get to deem what's sensitive and what's not sensitive to people and what level of sensitivity people choose to feel. But yeah, so, you know, good luck to Will Smith. Um, good luck to Jada. Um, we'll see you in 10 years. Um, <laughs> or oh, they probably not coming back. They're like, y'all don't want to see it. We ain't coming back. We're going to create our own award show. As long as we get a Bear Lair season two, I don't care. I'm dead. <laughs> Like, I just feel like this, the slap, honestly, was for all of us. When he said that I, from his seat, keep my wife's name out of my mouth, he was talking to everybody. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, it, it, and I understand we can't, um, you know, if she thought it was offensive, or it's not for me to say, it's not that big of a deal. But I was like, honestly, I was like, that slap could not have been for that, for that joke. Because again, like, seeing the G.I. Jane movie, Unless it's a deeper meaning than just the actual movie, like the movie is about, a, in my opinion, is a strong woman. I feel like she was a heroine of that film. So, and honestly, I was like, she could, um, Jada Pinkett could be G.I. Jane because she, I could literally see her being in that movie. And so I just think, can y'all, like, can y'all go watch the movie? Because I just, I just, I don't know, maybe because I've seen the movie is like, I never saw it as offensive. I mean, when the basis he- for the joke was basically like, you're a bald headed. That's that's really it. Like it wasn't an empowering moment. It was saying talking about the fact she didn't have hair, which yeah. is kind of ignorant. Like and, and Jada and Will were like one of the fly some one of the flyest couples there that night. Let me just put that out there. Like Jada was fly, Will was fly, even with her shortcut. Like she was rocking it out. Like she was making it do what it do. But I bet you five cents against a dollar, they're gonna start probably trying to cast. Uh, Jada as this G.I. Jane whatever or whatever you know movie they decide to come out with they probably gonna tap Jada on the shoulder just for this do you think that people see Jada as a victim here because that's not what I've been seeing like (laughs) I feel like Jada is considered the villain in this whole situation like like, they like she got Will she pulling Will strings making him do stuff and then she came out I don't know if the article is true or not but I've been seeing articles saying that she basically was like I didn't want to I didn't want Will to do that like it was too much I was just like then why do you stop him sis why when he sat down you didn't say nothing like it just and now are we doing a red table talk off of this like are we going to probably so there's going to be a red table talk they're going to bring in they're going to bring in Chris Rock they're going to bring in August Alcina I just feel like Jada is just like the the villain and everything at this point so I can't see somebody tapping her but I don't know but we will see we will see what they do but I feel like if she gets cast then whatever he did was in vain it's gonna make him look even worse so (laughs) she just need to just not don't just move on let's just try to make people forget it's gonna be harder now than if he had just stayed in his seat but maybe another six months people will forget that's a word just stay in your seat just stay seated (laughs) stay seated be still be still and know even so come lord jesus oh i'm sorry that was it for our church announcements pray our strength in the lord amen so kind of keeping with i'm sorry i know y'all sick of will and jada and it's fine but (laughs) um keeping with that same thing another kind of aspect to the situation is about um like mike said what was your word for today 
conduct composure composure okay okay <laughs> um so the reason why composure matters is because yes this was a award show everyone was dressed up and is very rich and they're awarding themselves for things that they did during this <laughs> during the past season and so the question becomes professionalism over morals and values mm-hmm. And that's what we saw here with Will. You know, he had to decide to be professional or dealing with his morals and values. And he chose his morals and values, whatever those might be and whether we agree or not. So anyway, our topic for today is working well apostolic. And at some point in our conversation, I do want us to discuss how we will deal with issues of professionalism versus our own spiritual values. But before we get started on that... I wanted to ask you guys, if you uh, don't mind sharing, what do you do as far as work? I work in the insurance industry. Making big money. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's making um, living comfortably money. Oh. But <laughs> um, I am a um, professional auto worker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, so I am uh, currently a um, telecommute, well, telesales supervisor. But right now, I am in an interim recruiting manager role for my um, for the site I work at. So, and you also are a business owner, you're an entrepreneur as well. Yes, I'm also a business owner. I own the M Corporate Collection. Shameless plug. Book your appointments before May 15th because after that, I'm not taking any more appointments till June 15th. But anyway, yeah, I own a small business. <laughs> Y'all better get your outfits. <laughs> okay. And Sister Ron, what do you do? I feel like everybody knows what I do. I I work in the legal profession. Amen, amen. (laughs) Okay, so my next question is, what are some challenges you have faced as a believer in the working world? And so, like, to help us, I kind of put down some challenges. So one of the challenges that I know I personally face is praying fasting while I'm at work. For some reason, whenever I need to fast, they always bring free food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or whenever I'm trying to like keep peace or I'm listening to the Bible app, I'm trying to mind my business. I'm trying to listen to some Maverick city or whoever is on my playlist. That's when drama happens. So have y'all had any challenges as a believer in your field? I'll just open it up. Uh, I guess just piggybacking off of the prayer and fasting. I work, um, I work in the insurance industry, but it's very customer customer driven. Um, so, you know, customers, they're very needy, especially in this day and age of I want what I want now. So I'm your biggest priority. So it's just, I guess maybe that's actually a good thing when I'm fasting and I feel, you know, the pressure from people, maybe that's the point. So actually that may not be a challenge. That might be a blessing in disguise. It gives me that patience and that endurance that I need to make it through. So, yeah, you got me rethinking about that. I love how this things be flipping stuff. They always look <laughs> on the bright side. Hey, man. Um, for me, it's all about, um, I feel like the black sheep of my workplace sometimes. Um, I'm not going to say where I work, but um, I feel like the black sheep sometimes because I do, like one of my challenges of being a believer, like sometimes I, I want to feel the recognition that, the other ones get, especially when my performance is, you know, 
is there um, when I am, you know, hitting number one every month, you know, from from my sales team or, you know, I'm, you know, trending at certain levels and stuff and I don't get that recognition. But people that do, you know, the very low or people that, you know, do the bare minimum, get recognition and they get all of these other perks and things like that. I feel that, you know, at work and I constantly have to remind myself that, you know, um, growing up, we always heard like that dare to be different or everybody's not going to always like you. or Everybody's not going to always rally around you when you're doing right. And when you are, you know, you belong to Christ. And so I just sometimes find it hard sometimes because I thought it was because like, I don't hang out with my coworkers outside of work when they go to the bars and stuff like that. I I choose to separate myself. Um, So that's one thing I, I struggle with. Yeah. So that was going to be the next challenge I wanted to talk about is like work events. I know like as a believer, there's multiple issues with work events, especially in my space, because like there's the there's the black versus white issue. There's the classes issue. You know, like I can't have a conversation with you about yachts and what kind of alcohol is better or like going to a winery. Like there's just certain types of things that I just can't engage in a conversation with. So I just smile and laugh and go about my business. So I feel like there is like, particularly at work events, when you have to socialize and network, there's kind of like a, um, a boundary there that I just can't get over or a glass ceiling as you will, that I just like can't enter in at times because I just don't relate. And it, it could be a lot of things. It could be because of like cultural things. It could be because of class things. And then it's also because of spiritual things, like some stuff that they talk about. We have like, I'm sorry, but some of the conversations that come up can be very like vulgar or crazy. I remember on a call that we were having for, we was having the, um, a virtual um, happy hour and like one of the partners was like, yeah, so who would get caught with weed? And I was like, why are we talking about this first off as attorneys? And then second off, like, when did you think this was OK as a conversation? So there's little things like that that I'm just kind of like uncomfortable with. Um, Shay, did you have any issues with that, those type of situations? Um, so just thinking back before COVID, because I'm working from home actually now, so um, we don't really do a lot of you know, office get togethers like we used to back in the day. But um, I do know a few years ago when we were still in the office, primarily, they would have a lot of happy hours and stuff. And for me, you know, I'm, I guess I'm just, I was fine with just being like, look, I don't drink. And so I feel like for the most part, um, my coworkers, they were very open to that. And they're like, no, it's fine. Like, you know, we'll make sure we go someplace where they have options for you. So you know, I just, as long as you know, I'm going to be me. And I think that's just my attitude overall. I'm going to be me. And if you want to be you, that's fine. Like, I'm not necessarily looking for friendships at work. Um, so, but I just think that for the most part, um, I've just met, I think God has blessed me where I've met coworkers who have just been receptive to who I am. And yeah, they'll joke around like watch night, what you don't, well, obviously they don't call it watch night, but New Year's Eve, they're like, oh, what you doing? I'll be at church. They're like, church? And I'll be like, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you when I go. So, and you know, it's like, it's, I'm the bun of the joke or whatever, um, but I'll just take it in stride. And I work with primarily um, people like I would say maybe 30s and 40s, so not really in that older 
age group. So um, I feel like, you know, for the most part, it hasn't been too much of a struggle as far as socializing with them in the workplace. Um, But that's just been my experience. Mike, have you had any challenges with like hostile clients or customers? Uh, Yes, I have. Um, Have I always gotten the victory? No, I haven't always, you know, gotten victory. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, depending on the mood, um, because as a supervisor in my line of business, we I don't take phone calls um, unless I, I unless I have to where it's like a customer service issue. And like a lot of times, like, you know, like I tell people that that work under me, I'm like, hey, you know, our clients that call in, our customers that call in, they're not mad at you. They're mad at the situation. But every now and then you'll get a disrespectful one. And, you know, sometimes you got to rebuke them over the phone in Jesus name, you know. And so I've told people before, I'm like, hey, like if we're going to be disrespectful, I, I will disconnect this call or, hey, like, you know, you wouldn't tolerate disrespect, you know, in, in your business. I'm not going to tolerate it from you. So you have one or two options. I could put you back in queue or you can cooperate with what I'm telling you to do and we can move forward. Um, So those those, you know, I'll come off kind at first, but I do struggle with that sometimes because I don't, you know, tolerate disrespect from my reps that work under me, but I'm not going to tolerate anybody being disrespectful to them. So, you know, honestly, that's something I struggle with because my personality, um, when I'm not walking in the spirit is typically respond first and think later. (laughs) You can't, but you know, you can't do that at work. So, um, yeah, I, I think I've gotten better with customers because again, I work with a lot of, I'm in a customer service industry. So, especially when people, they, they're paying top dollar, they feel like, you know, you owe them the world. So, um, yeah, it's a struggle. Like, they will curse you out with the quickness if you're not doing what they feel you need to do. And I'll let them know, you know, hey, we're not going to do that. So, but overall, I feel like, you know, God is blessed. I've, I've learned to just help to, I've learned to mitigate those before they escalate to that point. Um it's kind of hard to like explain how I do that without giving my whole job description, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, just, <laughs> I feel like God is blessed. So I do deal with problem coworkers, problem customers all the time. Um, I just start the day with prayer. I walk away from my computer if I need to mm-hmm. um, take a, take a walk around my house since I'm at home now and then log back in and yeah, we keep it moving, keep it pushing. And just remembering that, you know, this is a day. I'm going to get through it. I get off at five. So do what I can and log out expeditiously. That's a blessing. Just log out. Not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I had a client who cussed me out once and we was doing pro bono for her. And like, I was like, ma'am, I understand that you're upset, but I just need you to know, like, we still got to get this done. So like, you know, we can either help you win your case or if you want to act crazy, I don't have to be your attorney. <laughs> I don't right. think people realize that. Like we can sign off if we need to, especially when people are acting really crazy. So I, like she got herself together. I thank God, like we were saying, to keep my seat. Just keep mm. your mouth closed. If you can't say anything good at the time, I I, I definitely, I want to thank God for just like, I, I have to repent constantly for my thoughts, I should say. 
but I, at least I'm grateful that he puts a muzzle on my mouth because I, it creates even more damage when he gets out. I'm getting to the place where I'm asking him to work on my mind. So like, he don't catch me on my thoughts. Cause if you ask me if I'll be cursing in my thoughts, Sam. <laughs> my Lord, my Lord and a, my God. If you a star, there's a star out on the ocean <laughs> and it's moving your way. But, um, yeah, but I like at least just I, like you said, taking a walk and stuff like that. Uh, the next one was hostile environments. I don't know if you guys have anything additional to say about hostile environments, but I mean, I kind of deal with it the same way. I actually got yelled at this week for the first time in my life by a grown man, and I was like, I didn't know what to do. I, I just looked at him and tried to keep my face straight. And I talked to my mama, and she was like, Yeah, that happens. And I was like, Does it? because I just now entered this working world with y'all people, this adult life <laughs> and this life ain't for me. So, <laughs> um, and I said, he got one good time. So he did it once. If he just does it again, I'm gone. The next time I hear a yell, I'm walking out, I'm quitting. But anyway, that's the story for another day. How have y'all dealt with hostile environment? Thankfully, um, the past few years, I haven't really had to deal with face-to-face you know, environments, everything's been virtual. So I feel like I can take it in stride because it's been virtual. Um, Back when it was in person, dealing with customers. um, Yeah, it was a struggle. We definitely had to start getting security around the office. People be, one person threatened me, was like, don't turn me into a dangerous person. So we had to, you know, go company-wide. Like this person's not allowed. If you get a call from this customer, you know, disconnect because it got like real bad. Wow. Yeah, I mean, honestly, how do I deal with that? I mean, unfortunately, it just comes with the territory. Um, of just like you said, having people that you that you can talk to outside of work to help, you know, get it out. Um, just remember, at least for me and my job, I just see it as um, a way to help me live my lifestyle. Like I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, my job is my life. So it's easier for me to just like disconnect as soon as I my my time is done because my job is in my life. So. Yeah, I, I think um, hostile work work environments, too, for me, especially from an internal um, point, I have been petty at, at, at work. I have been in Microsoft Teams. I've had a couple of people try to, you know, get short with me. And, you know, I give people the benefit of the doubt first. So I give you one chance, you know, to to slight me or, you know, do something. But the next time. You know, I'm I'm very quick to, you know, at what did you mean by that? You know, what what was meant by that? Um, I've had somebody per my last email me and I CC my boss on it. I was like, and per my last email, you know, this is what I said. <laughs> and we had this conversation on October 30th, and you said you would do this and you said you would do that. How about that? So I, you know, I'm asking the Lord to help me with those things, whatever, especially like when it comes down to me to help me just to think before I start typing too fast, you know, so, or before, you know, I, you know, respond, you know, just take the time, think about it. And, you know, if I, you know, can't come up with a response, just, you know, just go in grace, go, go with God. Cause I, you know, if I go with myself, it's going to be a disaster. Just to add before we move on, I just thought of like a internal, internal hostile environment, like a coworker, mm-hmm. and um, it was basically a misunderstanding on her part. Someone had complained um, about her and this other worker, and they assumed it was me, and it wasn't me. 
But, you know, I was like, well, I'm not about to go over there and be like, you know, explaining myself to nobody like that. She's my mother. So I just let it go. But um, we were on a team and, you know, she was giving attitude and everything. And so what I did, though, I just, you know, I took the high road and it was a situation where, um, you know, I had the opportunity to kind of assist her with some work. And then I guess when she saw that I was, you know, sending an olive branch to her, she was like, oh, all right, well, let me slowly, you know, do the right thing. So I just had to show the love of Christ a little bit. It was like, it wasn't that deep, but you know, just, I could have responded fire with fire, but I just said, look, we not about to be two people of color in here, you know, acting, you know, letting this escalate to something where it doesn't need to go. So you can go ahead and think that I said or did what I didn't do. That's fine. Um, But let just, you know, my job's not going to be affected uh, by your attitude. So I'm going to do this for you. So you can know, look, come on now. My performance matters to me. Mm -hmm. So let's, Let's, you know, put our feelings aside, get this job done, get these raises and bonuses in Jesus name. Amen. In Jesus name. <laughs> um, my last challenge. Have y'all ever had a job that affected your like your work church balance? Yeah, I've definitely um, had to work late and not go to Bible study or I'm working Saturdays and then I'm like, well, on uh, Sunday night, I'm like, well, I work Saturday, so I need Sunday night to have a little bit of weekend. So I'm not going to night service and I don't do that anymore. I think I've just gotten better at juggling everything. Um, so I really don't do that. And also, I just feel like, you know, when I was younger, early 20s, I was just so ambitious, ambitious, like I just got to do everything. And now I'm learning to prioritize better. Like, look, like I said earlier, my job for me personally, no offense for those who love their jobs. That's great. But my job is not my life. I don't want it to be my life. So I have definitely been more proactive at setting boundaries for myself, which has been a lot easier just for me because I work at home. So I don't have that commute. So I'm able to like squeeze in, um, you know, extra work time during what would have normally been my commute time. So that way, you know, I can be done with the work and not thinking about it. So. Yeah. Overall, thank God. I think I'm doing a lot better at that. Yeah. So I worked retail for quite a bit and I do know that I've been in the trenches where I couldn't get to church on Sunday. I couldn't get to church on weeknight service. You know, I was working, 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 working. Um, So, yeah, I have been in position where I've had to miss church and and even would like you know stay extra and like Shay said she said something so key like I used to just not have a lot of work-life balance like I remember I've worked in customer service management for this department store um I remember you know I was like I'll be here I'll take the overtime I'll just stay late knowing I had church that night but I'll just stay late don't worry about it I'll get the overtime I'm going on a trip next week anyway so I could use the overtime so that's what I would do. But like now, <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm salaried or what, but as soon as six o'clock hits, you know, I'm literally, you know, badging out the door. You know, as soon as, you know, I, my lunch breaks at one o'clock, I'm going out with it. I'm not working through no lunch. 
I'm not staying a minute past six (laughs) o'clock. You know, I'm not coming in on no Saturday. I'm not coming in on no day off to finish nothing. If it didn't get done, it's going to get done tomorrow. And it's going to be to God be the glory because I, at 30 years old, I just, I'm just not going to be bothered. I'm not that person I was at 25 and 26. So because they will replace you quick. They will. My job is very high turnover and they send the email. So-and-so is no longer here. They redisperse that work and they got someone in that seat real quick. So I said, oh, so this is how you view us. Okay, cool. Noted. Uh, I'm so jealous, man. I'm so jealous. I just turn my phone on silent and ignore it. I know they hate me so much, but I'm sorry. I'm not going to answer your text messages. You have emails and text messages at 10 o'clock at night. And you can Mm-mm. be mad all you want. I had them coming through at 5 a.m. this morning. I'm just like, I, you will get a response when I get to my desk at work. <laughs> I'm just not about to, re, you know, reply to an email this early in the morning. Why are you guys sending emails at four or five o'clock in the morning? No. Mm-mm. But then there's days when I have to sacrifice. <sighs> Lord. But anyway, one thing that I will make sure I do, like, first off, I'm grateful that my church right now does Bible study remotely. Um, so that way I can make it because it is a distance to travel. I don't get off until 630 at the earliest. But I think like whenever there is something to do with church, like Sundays, you will not be affecting me on Sunday. I don't care. You I, like if I got to work on Sunday, it's going to be after church. <laughs> like That's one thing that I prioritize is one thing that I will say, like, I'm going to stick up for that. Because um, like I said, like you just got to put your foot down on certain things. And when that comes to that, when it comes to missing service, when it comes to missing church, that's when my spiritual value overwhelms my professionalism. And like at the end of the day, like you said, us as millennials, we don't stay at jobs very long in the first place. That's just statistics. And if y'all can't get with it, then on to the next. On to the next. <laughs> I know God's going to provide if I put God first. So Trust me, he will. Um, but I wanted to move on to the next question. I'm so sorry. We've been on here for so long already, I feel like. But um, are there any jobs apostolics should not do? Um, is prostitution a job? <laughs> hey, it makes okay. money. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, those types of sexual sin related jobs, I'm guessing that's like an easy no, right? We all well, the saints are doing it for free anyway, so they might oh, as well Lord. Pay. <laughs> No, no, they're not. I'm joking. <laughs> That's so funny. I think like if it's an unholy place, like there's places that we can definitely just say are unholy, right? Like strip clubs. Can we be a bartender? Nah. Uh, I would say I wouldn't be comfortable with that. What about like if, like if you work at a casino? Like you're a cashier, even at a strip club. If you like a cashier, you're not the person. No, because the... you won't be looking, trying you're to sneak good. a peek. You're good, gonna be evil spoken of. Please see you looking. You looking. You ain't close. You peeking. What is this about? <laughs> you peeking at the people in the club in the strip club. You ain't counting money with your eyes closed. So don't even do it to yourself. But according to uh a church I sat at at one time in college. Saints shouldn't be taking a job, any job that's going to keep them out of church. And I know like a lot of churches that teach that way. Here's my thing. Like, you know, 
Yeah, you know, we don't want you out of church, but also, too, we, you know, we can't pay your rent every month. We can't pay that light bill every month. Well, we can't pay that card note every month. So if you got to work down to the Walmart and they ask you to come in on Sundays, we, we will send you the clip from the service. You can live stream <laughs> it while you're at the service because, you know, and, and just pray that the Lord makes a way where you can be, you know, have Sundays off and be in church, whatever, you know, like seek, seek God for that. I've done that, but I don't think it's fair to, you know, tell people, oh, well, because I've seen that in church where people don't have a job because they just won't get a job because it's not anything that will allow them to be in church. I marvel at the fact that you have a desire to be in church. And I'm not talking about you, Ron. Like, I know you were saying how, you know, you, you know, they, they can't get you on Sundays. And I think that that should be because where you aspire to be, you can make that decision. But we're talking about people that, you know, you don't have any education, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you barely made it out of high school, you know, and you, you know, living from, you know, dinner sale to dinner sale, or you living from, you know, candy bag, candy bag, trying to pay, but you need to go to Walmart, sis, you know, go to food line, sis, and, right. and, and make that 13, $14 an hour. If you, if you can't make it a church Sunday, we understand we get, we'll see you in the next Sunday when you are, because, you know, we want you to be able to pay your bills and be able to pay them on time. Amen. Amen. And just because you started a job that's working Sundays doesn't mean you got to stay there. So exactly. And work your way up and get back, you know, get into back to church on Sunday. Right. And then sometimes jobs request you to start working like during the weekend, even when you start, you know, you start being free. And then next thing you know, your schedule change up. So yeah, you got to meet the needs of the business. Like we said, we, we, you know, I have people tell me that I shouldn't have gone to law school because they said lawyers are liars. I was thinking that these stereotypical, like there's professions that have certain stereotypes. I'll just say this to the saints. We actually have a really uh, thorough code of conduct and ethics, and we cannot lie to the court. We cannot lie to anybody we can keep information that our client gives us in confidence yes that is privileged but we cannot lie to the court so I think it's a little bit different um as far as calling somebody a liar and there's a difference between a legal standard of having to prove something versus the standard of truth truth versus proof is different <laughs> especially legal proof so I think people confuse those things, but I can tell you right now, if a client ever told me that, yes, I was the one who robbed the bank. This is why I tell people, don't ask me to be your attorney. You tell me, yes, I'm the one who robbed the bank. I did all of this stuff. Then that's the conversation we need to have as far as, you know, okay, so we're going to plead bargain and how we're going to plead based off the evidence. You know what I mean? Like, you know, attorneys, we at the end of the day, we do work for our clients so we can only give them suggestions and they make their choice of what they want to do. But I mean, like I said, we can end that relationship if we need to. So um, I'll just say that. I'll also say that people hated the tax collector. They hated uh, what was a Matthew for being a tax collector. They felt like he represented the government or whatever. But even God could work through that. So these stereotypes that people have for jobs, I wish we would overcome them because we need more saved people who are attorneys like to, to stand up for justice and I get into the system. So don't let that stuff deter you. I'm not saying go work at a strip club. I'm saying go work at a job that stereotypically people don't feel like the saints should be in because we probably need to be there. 
Um, what about like acting or music? Should the saints be in those spaces? Uh, well, acting is that's tricky though, because I, I just think that the way TV is going these days, like for it to be considered entertaining, it requires a certain level of drama and lewdness and crudeness to it. Um, and so I just feel like, you know, back in the day, you really wasn't seeing a whole bunch, at least the TV I was watching. I don't know. Maybe I, my family just didn't have certain channels, but you know, people wasn't doing that much other than little kissing. I don't think saints should be kissing and acting. So I'll say that right now, but now you look at Netflix, whoo, they not even imagination anymore. It's just like, whoo. You know, so I, I just think being saved and trying to get into the acting industry is is going to be hard for you to uh, not cross the boundary or cross that 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 line. So I would, I, if it was my children, I would reckon I would not be for my child doing that just because I just I just don't see how you're going to not cross that line. I can't think of any shows or that don't kind of get go too far in my opinion. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, you don't really hear too many things going into, you know, being an actor or whatever. And a lot of you saints will make great actors. Let me just say that. You catch that before you get home. My um, <laughs> You guys would do so well in Hollywood. But mm-hmm. I I just think I have to agree with Shay like I mean, I think at some point you would have to compromise on like what it is that where you know where you where you believe unless you're like acting for like veggie tales or you're acting for like the uplift network the chosen or, you know the chosen or you you know you're in a film on tbn or something like that <laughs> and like how much are you really getting paid to do those films right <laughs> but you know for the box office films and stuff yeah i just think you would have to be a little bit careful about what because you know you there's there's just certain things you would probably have to compromise on in order to keep moving forward so because i think the the controversial stuff is what has made people gotten people you know put on the map as far as their acting careers you know what i mean so you would have to make that decision yeah people weren't taking zadea seriously until uh, the new what is it euphoria euphoria and China, like I, I remember there was a TikTok. I know I love TikTok. China McLean, she talked about how she was leaving her acting career and um due to her beliefs in Christ. So I do think that it's very difficult to do certain jobs, even with music. Like I gospel music, like we don't we listen to it and we enjoy it, but we don't understand all the backside workings, particularly when people are connected to a larger company. We don't understand what it's like to have groupies and what's that's like because you know the saints, everybody who listens to gospel music ain't really a saint. And they could do some wild things. We talked about this a few episodes back, but the guy who was sending the nudes to a groupie and stuff like that, like you know, you never know what can be involved in especially with things that come with fame i don't want to tell people not to try but if you're going to try to stand up for your values just hold fast to what you know i think because at the end of the day if you can't do that then you don't need to be there if it starts compromising who you want to be you don't need to be there so there was a quote from a young miss Kim Kardashian, who said, it seems like nobody wants to work these days. And so I wanted to ask you guys, is 
laziness of sin. The Bible does say if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. But I just want to know who are these. I mean, I'm sure there are people that don't want to work, but I feel like we got we got a good group because we are hard workers. So I don't know who she's referring to, but it sure ain't me. So Kim Kardashian said people don't want to work when we know how she got famous. <laughs> and she we was know working. how she's and, and, and my thing is this. You're telling people they don't want to work. People don't want to work when all you have to do is literally get up send a tweet and, and get paid prior in an hour what most of us do in a year. Mm-hmm. But people don't, people don't want to work. So you just forget all the little people that got to get up at five o'clock in the morning, get ready to work like a 12 hour shift and maybe even go to a second job to make ends meet, but people don't want to work. Um, I do think that laziness, you know, um, is a sin, you know, because I think if you'll be lazy, you know, physically, you know, or or if you'll be lazy in the natural, you'll probably lazy spiritually as well. Um, and you know, that go that goes for anybody. And to some of you preachers that's listening to this episode, let hear me, hear me in the spirit when I say this. Go, some of you all need to go get a job. Go get a job. If we got to keep running anniversaries and appreciation services for you, go get a job because that you're being lazy. You know, you could work a, a nine to five Monday through Friday, you know, so that spirit of laziness, we're coming against it now um, because, yeah, no, because if you'll be lazy naturally, you it's going to come over into you being lazy spiritually. So there was a clip that I saw from uh Bishop Jacobs, Brandon Jacobs, I think, from New, New, Zion, New Temple. Zion Temple. Yeah, he was talking about um, that working for your ministry is not paying your paying your bills. So you got to find a job that pays the bills. Or something. But um, I think, and we can have a philosophical conversation because I really don't agree with capitalism. I don't like the fact that we have to work to live. It's annoying. But anyway... I do think we need to be productive and because we know like it's not scripture, but they used to say um, I don't mind is the devil's workshop. So if you're not doing something productive, if you're not doing something like productivity is not just fulfilling your flesh either. Productivity is not just you watch a TV or blah, blah, blah. Like that's productivity is doing something helpful for society is service. So finding ways to serve others um, I think it's something that we should do. So yes, to me, laziness is a sin. Proverbs has so many anecdotes and metaphors about being like the ant and being like mm. this creature and that creature and storing and don't be slothful. And, and so um, because when you're slothful and you're not doing nothing, all you're doing to me is just fulfilling the desires of your flesh because the flesh don't want to do nothing. The flesh want to do what it want to do, basically. So um, I agree with that. Um, my last question for the night, Saint, sorry, is um, if we're ever faced with the situation where our professionalism comes into conflict with our spiritual values, how should we address it? So I don't know if y'all remember, like, I think it was a couple years ago, there was a, a baker who was asked to make a cake for a trans couple or no, no, a, a, a gay couple for their wedding and they refused and they end up getting sued for it and became a whole big ordeal. Um, and so, like, when we face situations like that, how will we deal with them? 
Yeah, I mean, I remember that situation and I saw some people saying like, well, you have a business, so, you know, you're just providing a service. It's not really your job to kind of police what people are doing. Your job is just to make a cake. But honestly, from my perspective, I don't feel like if it goes against your conscience, then I feel like, you know, I believe in standing for what your conscience says is wrong if you feel like it's in line with scripture. So honestly, I don't think there was anything wrong with what they did um, in that situation. Because honestly, if, if it was me, I probably would feel the same way. I get the argument about, you know, it's a cake, you know, it's not your, it's not a political statement. But if my conscience is telling me this is wrong, because I know the Bible says it's wrong, I might have, I might take the chance and, you know, do what they did. I don't know what the outcome was, if they lost their whole business um, or not, but I don't know. Does anyone know? If not, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I just, it's, that's tough because your flesh is like, uh, I don't want controversy. I don't want to be put in the news for negative publicity and stuff like that. But uh, in this day and age where I feel like everyone compromises, I mean, I just, it's, it's tough, but I was, I'm going to vote for stand for what your conscience says, as long as you feel it's in line with scripture. Um, and then unfortunately that might mean you have to change professions or make, take your bakery to a local churches or something and just have it be a church bake sale business or something like that. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, um, as an update, basically, uh, sorry, I misquoted. So yeah, oh, it was right. He refused to make a cake for, um, a same sex couple. Um, and he partially won and at the Supreme Court, but he violated the state's anti-discrimination law um, by refusing to make a cake for a trans woman. And so he was he had to pay a fine, basically five hundred dollars. Yes. I mean, I guess if it was just a cake for some a customer who happens to be gay, I'm not going to be like, well, you're gay. I'm not going to make you a cake. But if it's specifically for a wedding and you don't support the wedding, I, I get his reservation. But at the same time, it's like, it's your business. It's a business. Your job is just to sell goods, not to police. But honestly, I don't fault him um, if that's what he felt. I feel like he was, I don't know, it's tough. And I feel like it's so controversial. I'm like scared to be like, ah, either way. But honestly, I just read that. I was like, all right, pay your fine, sir, and be blessed. Like, if that's what you, how you feel about it. But I guess then on the flip side, it's like, well, where do you draw the line? Because today it might be, you know, for sexual orientation. Tomorrow it could be for racism or something. So it's really tough. I will say um, I, I own my own custom suit business. So I have done um, suits for lesbian couples and gay couples because at the end of the day, I have nothing to do with what they do with those suits. I just don't. Um, For me, um, it's one of those things where you know, you came to me for a service. You didn't come to me to ask me my biblical stance on anything. You didn't come to me to ask me how I felt about it. You came to me for a particular service and I, you know, provided that service. Um, Cause I'm not running a Christian based company. You know, I'm running a, just a company, you know, I'm not running anything just to cater to, you know, a, a certain, just because if, if that's the case, I don't need to do suits for, you know, I got people that are chronic, you know, they do chronic alcohol, people that do all types of stuff all the time, you know, and I would not be in business because all, most of all my clients don't, don't profess salvation. 
and the world going to do what the world does, right? So I think for me, you know, it's one of those things like, I, you know, I have nothing to do with what you're going to do with this, with this suit, bro, with this suit, sis. Like, I'm just here to, you know, you came to me, you want me to execute this design, and that's what I'm going to do. Um, even like with me transitioning into the position I'm transitioning to at work, um, you have diversity, equity, and inclusion. And um, one of the things is, you know, part of what is included in those protected classes is, you know, you know, people's sexual orientation and what they identify as. And I remember a couple few months at work, a few months ago at work, this lady on my team, she came to me complaining because there was a guy using, you know, the women's bathroom. And so I didn't know what to do. I had to ask HR. I was like, hey, how do I address this? Because she felt uncomfortable with this, you know, with, with, it was a man that identifies as a woman. So I'll use the pronoun she, she was in the women's bathroom. And so I had to go to HR. So HR is basically like, you know, we, you don't address it. You know, you don't address that. Let me be the one to address it, but you don't address that. If she feels that uncomfortable, there are single bathrooms that she can use up front. And so that's one of the things I think they in the workplace, because what I don't have time for is to be facing a lawsuit at work because, you know, it was, I discriminated against someone just, be, you know, because sexual orientation is in those same classes as, you know, uh, skin color and all of those other things that was just passed in 1964 as part of this civil rights bill. And, um, but, you know, at the same time, if, you know, somebody was to ask off the record, like, what are your beliefs in such and such, such and such, then, you know, that's the opportunity for an honest conversation on what those beliefs are. But I think when you're in the workplace or you're running a business and things like that, we get so caught up sometimes in introducing the law of God before we introduce the love of God to people. And again, like if people have never heard about your God, never heard about the word of God, you know, we're expecting them to kind of come in line with what we believe when we have not even introduced them to the God of, of what we believe or the God of the Bible that we, you know, read from. So um, I say all that to say, you know, I respect anybody that stands firm, stand up in their beliefs. I remember 2015, that was the UPC lady that was working in the courthouse. Ron, you might remember this. Y'all might remember this. She was working in the courthouse. She was working for like the clerk of courts where I think she signed off on the, mm-hmm. um, on marriage the marriage certificates. Yeah. And she basically was like, no, I'm not signing off on same sex marriage certificates. And this woman was making like, I think they disclosed her salary. She was making a healthy salary. Like, you know, I'm not signing off on this. And I remember like they were celebrating it at church and stuff like that. But I'm thinking too, like realistically, I respect her for standing up in what she believed. Money didn't matter to her in the moment. In, in the moment. But, you know, in the day and time that we're living in and things like that, like you have this job, your job is ever changing. And if it's something that you want to keep and stuff like that, you have to be able to adjust accordingly. If not, you have to do like this lady does. And as Shay was saying earlier, you got to stand up and be prepared for the consequences that come behind those actions. So, yeah, no, I, I think your view is fair. Like it's crazy because I'm, I'm caught between the two stances. And a lot of times I am like my, my favorite job, um, was always working for legal services. And so like, you know, working with people who couldn't afford and we had special units and some of our units was the HIV AIDS unit. Some of our units was for gay rights. 
And so it was kind of like, and then there's like the housing unit as well and keeping people from getting evictions. And like, when it comes down to it, you don't know who, what kind of client you're going to have to come in and you don't know how they're going to come to you. You don't know what state they're going to be in, but you still have to represent them. And, um, you know, like when I was assisting, particularly with the HIV AIDS unit, because I tended to have a high volume of, um, gay clients or transgender clients at that, um, I, I was like, you know, I have to figure out the difference between my job and what I believe. And what I do know on a principle level is that if they're being discriminated against because of their housing, if they're being discriminated against because of who they are or what they want to do, that's a problem. You know, people shouldn't be bullied. People shouldn't be beat up. People shouldn't be affected or hurt because of who they are. So that is something that I do stand for, particularly with my job. But then there's this other part that's kind of like, you know, am I like, you don't want to conform with the world, you know, Mm -hmm. and you want to like, make sure that you still have a stance and you don't, want to be so like because it's like okay there could be one day where a case comes in and it's like you know I need you to represent me on this big thing that you know the saints don't believe in like there are abortion cases like I don't know how the saints feel about abortions but (laughs) there are abortion cases there are murderers that come in there's there's these things that happen that obviously and I'll just I'll leave it from the gay rights world to just like everything like Mike was saying there's things that come up there's people who steal and they do all these other things. And it's kind of like, do I represent in that case? And so I see why people are in conflict with becoming an attorney sometimes. But then I think the truth comes out right. And certain things is just right is right. <laughs> um, I remember so we had a gospel choir concert and one of the students that we was visiting when we was in New Orleans, he was like, he tried to throw us off. And he was like, how do y'all feel about gay rights? Like, and he was just waiting for somebody to slip up and say something crazy. And one of the girls grabbed the mic and she was like, I believe in human rights, period. And I'm like, I agree with that sentiment. It doesn't matter what I think about a specific group of people. I just believe in representing people and helping people and making sure nobody's suffering or struggling. So I think that's how I deal with that situation. But like I said, I, whenever it's something to be praying about, it's something to think about. I've, I've been researching my own spare time about when it comes a day where basically the saints are really just going to have to hone in on our own rights and how we're going to represent ourselves. That time where the, the shift comes and like you're going to be thrown in jail for your beliefs. It hasn't happened yet. The saints always act like they under <laughs> criticism and they're going through. But I'm like, we haven't got there yet. Most people in America still believe in God. Most of the people in America are still Christian. You're not at a place yet where you're being beheaded, but the Bible speaks of a day. And like, and little by, and like little by little, we are seeing some of our rights being taken as far as the church world. And so like in my own time, I'm doing research, you know, we talked about having 501c3 status and that's, that's a government protection, particularly when you're getting government funds. And so when you get government funds, there's certain things you got to do when you're under the government to get that money. And like, you can't deny certain things and you can't stop certain people from coming in. So, you know, like, how do we deal with those situations? So 
I just been doing research. I'm going to keep staying prayer about it. And like I said, when God convict me, then it's got time to move. Well, just going off of the 501c3 thing, I heard, um, I forget who it was, but like there's this concern for pastors. It's like eventually, like what if a gay couple wants you to marry them and then you get in that government funding? Are you going to be able to turn away that gay couple or do you have to marry them? Um, so, I mean, it's it's tough. I definitely think you guys made some valid points. I guess my biggest concern is that, yes, we show the love of God, but my love doesn't necessarily have to sh- mean my consent. And, you know, I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, it goes both ways. Like, I, I have to accept you for who you are, but you got to accept us for who we are, too. And I think that a lot of times we're not allowed to you know, stand for what we believe because in the scene is, oh, you're not showing love. No, I'm showing love. I'm just being honest. But it's it's tough, especially if you have a business. Um, you have to, I don't know, you have to make that that call. It's, it's just really tough. And I'm just kind of concerned that I feel like we're conforming more and more. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just, it's going to come a day when it's like, <laughs> there is no line. Like, it's just everybody doing what they want to do. Hopefully Jesus comes before them, but... <laughs> <laughs> staying prayerful even so come lord jesus my god it's gonna be timothy right where do you stay who's, who's on the lord's side, side? <laughs> you've got to work you've got to work that's going to be the name of this episode you got to work you got to mm. work <laughs> work while you can oh work while it's day because the night is coming, night is coming my goodness your way. um but yeah um I mean, at the end of the day, regardless of what you do, there's going to be a consequence. We saw that with Will Smith's situation. Whether he sat there and had to deal with the consequence at his own home or whether he went up and smacked them in public, you know, there's going to be a consequence. for You have to make a decision. Choices are going to have to be made. Lines are going to have to be drawn. That's just the Ashley mentioned, so... I'm sorry, I just said, I hope Chris Rock is okay. I mean, I hope nobody's going like, I know y'all like, it wasn't violence. It was just a slap. But let somebody slap me. We gonna have some problems in Jesus name. I'm gonna pray. And I hope I pray before I retaliate, but. I'm gonna pray after I say retaliate. <laughs> no, I, I saw that he talked about how he'd been bullied in the past and how he's not good at, like he's been going to therapy. He's not really good at reading social cues. There's a lot of things that he has going on. And so, and I agree, like it was definitely a bullying moment, but his brother's stuck in, sticking up for him. People buying his tickets. It looks like Will's getting the brunt of this. Like what's do just justice is being done, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Um, any last remarks on working while apostolic on professionalism versus spiritual values? Just stay prayerful because it's in this day and age, it's unfortunate that it gets so tricky like this. Um, and where you like, you want to stand for what you believe and the line can kind of get lost sometimes and you don't know what, when it's too far. Or what is acceptable. And it's like, why we got to think this hard about everything nowadays? And it just, so we just got to stay prayed up. Um, yeah, just keep God first. Show the love of Christ in Jesus' name. Yeah, I, I agree with that, with those sentiments. Just, you know, keep God first. You never know who's watching you in your workplace. I'm going to share, did, maybe I did share this story with y'all offline, but I'm going to share it online. 
Uh, you have to be very careful what you do because I always like I know sometimes like for me I tend to sometimes can be very matter of factly like when I feel like you know I, I need to get a point across like it can come off very brash whatever so I'm always watching that in the workplace but I've always also been mindful of how you know what what I say in the workplace um you know, what I do, who, who I'm hanging around. Um, and it's not me being self-righteous in the moment, but I never want anyone to, you know, not see Christ in me because, you know, I'm in here, you know, being foolish at work and being one way at work, being one way at church. And so, you know, I've, I've, so I'm very, I, I try to be mindful of that. Sometimes the flesh getting away and I'd be, you know, like, Hey, like, you know, let me let me type this email up, which y'all getting on my nerves today. You know, y'all, you know, my boss is, you know, getting on my nerves today. Let me, but I've tried to be mindful because I never want, you know, uh, a missed opportunity for someone to come and say, you know, like, and, and say that I ain't following Mike to church because Mike mean as, as bear guts and all this other stuff. And so, <laughs> um, Anyway, it, but two weeks ago, uh, a coworker of mine said, hey, can I talk to you privately? And I said, yeah, sure. What's going on? He was just like, you know, he was just like, I'm, I'm getting married soon and I want to do things the right way. And he was like, I want to be baptized. He was like, I want to be baptized. And um, I, he said, you know, I just, you know, I'm sick of doing what I'm doing. I've been involved in a lot of stuff. And it's just been a lot going on. He was like, but I really want to take it seriously. He was like, you know, when I get married, I want to, you know, be able to lead my family to Christ. And he said, I want to be baptized. I said, well, what I'll do, I'm going to get you in contact with the pastor and let him, you know, guide you from there as to what the next steps are. Um, because I said, I don't want you to just do this because just get baptized and just do this out of the sake of doing this. I want you to be able to sit down and understand why you're doing this and, you know, what that process looks like. And it just made me feel good that someone saw enough in me to come to me and say that to me. But what if I was hanging out, you know, with these other people, you know, smoking weed and drinking and you know, talking about God knows what's, what else, you know, a, around him, which others were. And you think he would have had enough respect for me to say like, hey, I want to be baptized. No. And I think you have to be very careful about what you do when you claim to, you know, have Christ or you claim to be saved working in the workplace. So, yeah, we spend most of the time around <laughs> work or school or someplace that's not in church. So that's the best place for us to show our light. Um. I think prioritizing the things of Christ is important. It's good to um, keep boundaries in place um, when they're needed. And like I said, when things start getting hostile, just keep silent. And, you know, let's just pray that God gives us conviction for when the time comes to, to know what to do when we are in conflict between his word and between our professionalism. So with that being said, um, music ministry. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise him. Praise him. Yes. <laughs> give, him look, give, give him the glory. Give him the glory. Give him the praise. praise. He woke you up this morning and started you on your way. Give him the glory. 
giving the praise. We're now at the point in our service where we are going to go back and recap some of the things that we've been listening to and that has been blessing our spirit. Um, do you want to start us off, Sister Shay? Yes, this song has, uh, it's, all, it's always been one of my favorites. Here we go. So I will make room for you. in my rotation yes that was good um that was i mean i've been on a jonathan mcreynolds like marathon for some reason (laughs) well actually it's really just one album of his that i actually really like but yeah that was like the main song for me for the week the saints love jonathan mcreynolds (laughs) um jesus saved the day by vincent bohannon and sov Like the throwback came to my mind, giving my problems to work it out. I didn't know what it was called. I didn't even know it was by Hezekiah Walker, but we used to sing this when I was growing up. God Don't Make Mistakes by Maverick City on their Juneteenth album. God don't make mistakes. But what about me? What about me? And I know God don't make mistakes. But what about me? What about me? It's right now. y'all can see I kind of been in a depressive mood but <laughs> your music tells on you but these songs have really helped me through this whole week so that's it for me wow oh speaking of depression I see that Maverick City got a Grammy award congratulations No, or should I say the way they were not clapping was depressing. Uh, the, the way that people didn't care about Maverick City. They were just sitting there like, who? Who was this? Who are they? I mean, I, I kind of get it. I kind of <laughs> see it. <laughs> if it was Kurt Franklin, everybody would have stood up. So you're not going to the concert. It's a, that's what it sounds like. You will not be there. Uh-huh. No, right. I, you know... Um, you know, I, I, Chandler Moore is growing on me. Okay, let me just say that mm-hmm. Chandler Moore is growing on me. Um, but when I first listened to me, I think he can sing. The boy can sing, right? The guy can sing. I was looking at his story on Instagram, and he was talking about how you know he didn't get an education and a college education. He went three times, and he felt like you know his grandparents was 
upset with him because they're totally educated. But his grandfather looks at him every day and so proud of him and looks at a lot of his music. So, you know, reading that made me like, okay, I can get, but you know, sometimes the music just makes me want to overdose on pills. And <laughs> oh Lord. I'm working through that though. I'm I'm going to therapy on it. Like, you know, my therapist is helping me work through this, through these things. So well, you gotta embrace worship music, bro. I love worship music, but what happened to uh he's a wonder in my soul? <laughs> you know, with JK and Todd Delaney, you know, some people you're familiar with. Yeah, yeah, Todd Delaney. I can give the Todd Delaney's and I can get, you know, with uh, Youthful Praise. He has a few songs with Maverick, so you got to listen to the ones that he's on with Maverick and Ja'Kayla Carr's on Maverick. Start with them and those songs. Then then you slow, you slowly ease into the other people you don't really know. Yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm give it a chance. I'm going to keep going back to it because I've heard one song by Maverick City called um, Firm Foundation or something like that. I like that song. I like that song. Um, so, yeah. Good one with Todd Delaney. It's a worship song, but Mighty One. Uh, yeah. a good one. Well, I'm not even going to sing it and mess it up, but yeah. I'm just off with like the collective singing of people. We used to do, well, we used to do that back in the 90s, you know, they would cut the music mm-hmm. off. And we... I miss that too. I miss music breaks. That's what, that's what I that's what I highlighted from Mr. Bohannon. I just want to break the music and just have voices. You are alpha, but you got to know how to sing to do that. You know, right? I, I mean, mean, I've been listening. Sorry, this is off topic, but like even on TikTok, like you'll hear like the Africans singing their collective gospel songs mm-hmm. and just the collective voices. Even if somebody couldn't sing, just the collective. I'm like, can we have like a shed where it's just people just singing, <laughs> not really music, just like. like Let's just all just be in worship and just sing collectively without music and just voices. That's that's what I want. That's like, oh, it gets me. Oh. <laughs> I say we leave Ron to sponsor that project. <laughs> in the shade. She's going to plan it. She's going to plan one for us. There's the always something on the list. <laughs> um, I'm going to bring y'all back a little bit. Um, I'm going to bring y'all back to church. Um, okay. So uh my first song that we're gonna do is it said fight my battles, Lord. That was fight my battles. I've been singing that all week. I don't know why. I don't know why I've but I've been singing that song all week long. The second song I'm going to play is called You Are to Praise Him by Zach Williams and One Accord. Uh, so I like that. It gives me a little bit of a 90s vibe a little bit. So I, I rock with it. The last song I am going to play is by um, is by 90s artists, by Michael Ross and the Faith 
Tabernacle Voices. This came out, I think this was recorded in 1992. It's called Lift Up Your Heads. And it just came on my playlist today. I'm going to play this for you guys. I have a new hymn for you this week. Uh, I've never heard it, but um, it says to the work, to the work. We are servants of God to the work, to the work. We are servants of God. Let us follow the path that our master has trod. Okay. With the might of his power, our strength to renew, let us do by his grace, whatever he calls us to do (laughs) work for him by his grace, work through him by, for his praise, work through him all the days, and work in him in many ways. Uh, To the work, to the world, let the hungry be fed. To the fountain of life, let the thirsty be led. In the cross and his victory, our glory shall be. While he herald the tidings, salvation is free. That was our music segment for tonight. We're going to turn this back over to missionary Deronda. Amen, amen. Um, do we have any prayer requests, final remarks, praise reports? Are we doing a letter or that? that yeah, we got a for we just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I'm sorry, Saints. I'm sorry. I hope if, if you're traveling, just keep driving. We're not over yet. We're not sorry. through yet. We're sorry. <laughs> um, we do have a letter. I'm not going to say this gentleman's real name. I'm going to call him Ted. Hi, Ted. Good afternoon. My name is Ted. And I recently discovered this podcast a month or so ago. I was listening to a recent episode. I'm not sure who, but I want to say Ron mentioned the stress she endured while taking the bar. I was wondering if by bar you're referring to the bar people take to become lawyers. I am currently a law school student and I serve at my church as a preacher and musician. Furthermore, I work out religiously. I lead the Christian organization at my law school. I was wondering what advice you would give for trying not to get anxious about all that. Lately, I've been able to stay calm and navigate it but I had a breakdown maybe a month ago. Warm regards, Ted. Um, and I, you know, I'm gonna let Ron answer that question more so than anything. But I do want to say this to Ted. Um, keep going, bro. Keep going. We appreciate you listening to this show. Yeah, Ted, shout out. Thank you. But yeah, on a more serious note, first I want to say like kudos and congrats to going to law school. The thing about law school that they tell you is your first year is hard because you're trying to get good grades. The second and third year, it does not get better. You just learn how to manage. Like we said before earlier in the show, like prioritizing is important. Even when I was studying for the bar, I still went to church, but I realized that if I'm going to go to church, I have to stay up later to study. Or I might have to forgo some activities for fun. As you move up, I, I don't know what you what law school you're at, but um, first year you concentrate on grades. Second year you concentrate on being involved in activities, and by your third year you're thinking about future. Yeah, you might be the president of some organization, but by that time you should be bowing out. You should think about bar. You should think about internships. You should think about your next job. Take breaks. Do not kill yourself. 
Um, like I said, I was very, I was at a really bad breaking point. <laughs> I'm going to be transparent. Like my first year of work, I actually had a panic attack. I never had a panic attack before. So that was really crazy. Um, so definitely take care of yourself. Um, if you feel like you've been studying all day, take breaks, go to sleep, never be afraid to go to sleep. Like it just makes you better. If you're being lazy, that's different, but I'm sure it doesn't sound like you're lazy. It sounds like you're doing a lot. You're working out, you're doing activities, you're going to church. Um, so like, don't be afraid to take rest and care about your self-care. But yeah. I think you summed that up beautifully. Yeah, no, I um, I agree with everything Ron said. I, I can't relate to taking the bar. Um, I think that's a huge accomplishment um, to see people going into that field. I think it's a major accomplishment because it takes a lot of work and dedication, I'm sure. Um, but I do want to say, like, do not overwhelm yourself. Uh, learn how to say no, even if you got to say no to people right there in your church. Learn how to say no, because at the end of the day, you're, you know, I'm sure you're funding this uh, educational journey that you're on. So this is priority. Uh, so just make sure, of course, keep God first. But in all that you do, learn to take care of yourself. Um, learn not to. Um, give yourself grace as well. Give yourself grace. Give yourself, be kind to yourself. You deserve it. Um, and like I said, I can't speak much for bar exams and anything like that, but I can tell you that, you know, you don't want to get to a place where you burn out and completely shut down. Um, but give yourself a lot more grace and a lot more credit for where you are. All right. And I think you made a really good point. Sorry. <laughs> that, church work is different than putting God first. Like there is a difference between being involved in the church and doing things versus actually like having your relationship with Christ and making sure that's maintained and your relationship with Christ should be the priority, not necessarily what you do in church being the priority. So like Mike said, you know, if you need to like sit out for a Sunday, you tell him you can't play this week. Hey, actually I can't minister this time because I got to go study like I don't see anything wrong with that because as long as you're still praying and you're still like engaging and speaking Christ first that's really all that matters at this point in this stage anyway anything else you guys all right who wants to close us out Mike you haven't closed us out saved by the bible way save the bible way <laughs> with Lupita in the background looking like huh <laughs> What? Oh, all minds are clear. Um, we're going to keep it short and sweet. We're going to just be dismissed by saying to God, be the glory. To God In be the Jesus glory. Name. For the things Amen. he has done. Amen. Amen. Love somebody. Good night. Thank you for staying on with us so long. And we will see you or you will hear us on the next episode. Amen. Right. My life was church and all it. I'm a pubic.